welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. And today we are. Today, we're going to talk about Death Stranding. The second half slash two thirds of Death Stranding. Because we don't know about how Kojima paces his games. Oh, jeez. And there will be spoilers for Death Stranding. Small spoilers to begin with, and massive spoilers by the end. So, you have been warned. Shall we start with the game mechanics, late game mechanics? Yeah, I mean, where did we leave off last time? I think I think we'd played, or at least I'd played 20-ish hours, and I thought I was halfway through the game. But now I realise maybe I was a third of the way through the game. So, so Was it about episode three? Uh, I, I, you know what? I feel like the episode numbers are also very unhelpful, because oh, yeah, like... True. The, the first like two thirds of the game goes up to like episode seven or something. And, this, and then like the last third of the game goes to like episode 59. I don't know. I'm, I'm exaggerating. But like the last few episodes are one mission each, basically. But I love and the how first few episodes are like 10 missions. I do love how it's not he's, not. he's not just split them up proportionally, right? I think that's what true artists will do. It's like, I wanted it this way. True, true artists will just pull it out of their ass. <laughs> yes. I am not true, true, true artists artist. aren't bound true artists aren't bound by the rules of ordinary people. <laughs> you haven't got to like any of this either, right? Nope, I've cuz you you've kind of stopped and then watched a let's play for the end. I didn't stop. I just kept going, but my pace was too slow. Your pace was too slow even though we've been playing this for like 3 or 4 months. <laughs> I think I st- I stopped for one month. And I came back in. I think we both had a, a month. I don't know. You had a month yeah, yeah, off. We, we both had like a month off. We actually both had a month off. Yeah. You because you were moving country. Me because I was going mad. I was going mad moving country. So I'll, I'll join you there. Okay. Yeah. We, we both had an extended break. I mean, and when I came back from my extended break, I had just 31,000 likes dumped on me. And I was like, ooh. 31,000 likes. Like, I went up like 50 levels or something crazy because I had built loads of roads. And turns out everyone was using my roads while I was gone. Mm, everyone loves roads. I love roads. Yeah, the, the roads. That, that's what makes the game like totally different. I feel like the first bit of the game, anyway, the bit of the game we talked about last time was all about walking and it was very deliberate you know like you had to use the scanner and think about you know where you were going to step like don't step on that rock you might fall over 
don't pile your cargo too high or i mean do pile your cargo high if you want to get you know a lot done but then again you're at risk of toppling crossing blah, water blah blah, blah 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 yeah deep water is a risk you might run out of stamina the the back part of the game totally totally different i mean build loads of roads shovel your cargo in a truck drive to your destination done and then eventually there is no roads because everyone's in the mountains so just build a network of zip lines and then you realize the zip lines are so much better than the roads even so just build zip lines everywhere and then it's funny because by the end of the game it's really very metal gear solid like if you want you know like it's not this feeling of like oh i'm this downtrodden delivery man and i'm having to carry all this heavy cargo and tromping about and need to worry about where i step it is literally i'm a superhero with an exoskeleton and i can just barrel through any problem run up this vertical cliff face and then shoot a guy if he tries to stop me like it's really total superhero power fantasy madness but by the time you get there everyone who wanted it has already left you know people who that's what they wanted from the game they're never going to make it like 40 hours in to experience this level of the game you know like the game it takes such a long time to get there but yeah it's just so funny how it changes completely because you get these exoskeletons You, you you get a power skeleton first that lets you carry huge amounts of cargo and then you get a speed skeleton that lets you run really fast and then finally you get this all-terrain skeleton which basically means you don't have to worry about terrain like once you get the level three all-terrain skeleton you can pretty much walk up a mountain face or at least you you know you're at very low risk of falling if you try to walk up a mountain face like you might slide off it and slip off but you won't topple over anymore so it has high stability as well it's got like yeah if you look at like my stats it's like a stat screen and like my stability is just like at max and you know by the end of the game i mostly was just looking around finding like a high mountain peak climbing up to it and building a zip line there and then just zipping off into the distance like never to return the only times i walked were to extend the zip line network and then once the zip line network went out there i would never walk there again i just zipped there with some very minor exceptions. I think that's the intention, though. No, that's how the game is designed. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's where, like, the power fantasy or the feeling of growth comes from. And then, yeah, on the combat side, they, you know, they literally give you an assault rifle. I, I actually couldn't believe it when this happened. I was like, what, for real? Like, you know, to begin with, you've got, what, your strand, which is basically like a bundle of rope. And you're having to hide from people and melee them, you know, and you feel really underpowered because all these like crazy mules are like driving up to you in their, you know, like vans and throwing electric spears and and stuff. And then you get a bowler gun and suddenly you feel like, yeah, I can defend myself. You know, you've got this bowler gun that you have to aim and try and like shoot people in the face to like incapacitate them. Or I guess if you miss the face, you still bind them and you've got to run over and like kick them and tie them up or whatever. So then you get the bowler gun. And you feel like it's a more even battle, but you still, I mean, I still would not like pick a fight, right? It's like asking for trouble. But then suddenly you do this mission and it's just like, so-and-so has shared the design for an assault rifle with you. And I was like, what? 
are we supposed to not be killing people because of the Death Stranding? And it's just like, here's an assault rifle. It shoots hematic rounds. You can use it to kill BTs as well. And I'm just like, wait, what? So like, BT territory also goes from like, oh, sneak around to just like, scan, shoot, scan, shoot. I think this part of the game is misrepresented or underrepresented. Yeah, I, I feel like no one actually got this far. I mean, people must have got this far when they reviewed it. I assume people who reviewed the game did finish it. But yeah, no one, no one talks about this part of the game. Like all the footage of Death Stranding is Sam wandering around with towering piles of cargo and then falling over. You know, there's none of the Sam with the assault rifle and the quad rocket launcher and the sticky grenades just like raining hell down on things. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's like a totally different game by the end, if you want it to be. I think I've suffered from the pacing, from how far away these, how far away these crazy upgrades are. Yeah, I mean, it, it also just keeps going. Like, you just keep getting, you just keep getting so much stuff right up until the very end, like power gloves and this otter hood and a gas mask hologram generator like there's all of these tools you have at your disposal it's it's actually kind of weird because some of them it feels like you could build an entire game just around the mechanic for this one item but then you don't have to use that item at all The, the hologram generator i used it like once i think this is this is embarrassing i don't know what the power gloves do i've never heard about have I heard of the power gloves? Should I have come across them? No. They're, they're like really late in the game. Just suddenly you get these power gloves. They, <laughs> they help you climb up like bad terrain. So they help you climbing. And if you, if you fall, you just like jam them into the ground and stop yourself sliding. So they are more tools for just completely ignoring rough terrain. You just, you just don't have to care about it by the end. If you've gone the all-terrain route. There, there are just so many mechanics that get introduced, I guess. Or mechanics that come in early and you just don't think about them until they impact you. Like, I did run out of chiral network bandwidth at one point because I'd built so many zip lines, And then I had to go and optimize my zipline network to remove like redundant stations and stuff. So that eventually can become a problem, I guess, if you're building a lot of things. I also started to really appreciate seeing other people's structures because like, once you get zip lines, you start, you know, obviously you, you're always seeing other people's structures, but I think everyone, once they get zip lines, just starts building zip lines and you start to see more and more of other people's zip line towers just in the world. And yeah, incorporating other people's zip line towers to like save on bandwidth also became pretty important. And some people built zip lines in really good places. Like I'm, I was thinking, like, wow, I'm glad I didn't have to climb that mountain because it's just such a faff, you know. Like they've built a zip line on the top of like this BT-infested mountain, and then other times people build zip lines in the dumbest places. I'm just like, why would you put it there? Like if you put it like twenty feet to the left, you could link up with like five more mountain peaks, but you built it in the shadow of this like hill. Like why would you build it there? You know, and it became very frustrating instead. Can you dislike? You can't dislike a zipline, can you? You can't dislike. It's all, it's all positive reinforcement. It's like, like, it's like why there's no dislike button on Facebook. Can you imagine if there was a dislike button on Facebook? You're like Wars would have started. Yeah. You can delete other people's structures, though. 
if they're just annoying you, you can just delete them. I did do that sometimes. I was just like, I'm going to build the zip line in the right place and I'm going to delete yours. I mean, the thing is, there's no point deleting it in a way because it doesn't actually save you any bandwidth, but it just stops you accidentally pointing to the wrong zip line. So, did you get to delivery robots? I, I think I might have unlocked them last time. I did get to delivery robots. I thought they were cool when I first got them. I don't really get the point of them now in hindsight. I think this is just a... This is a common mechanic, though. They've just put in because they can. I guess it's world building. I mean, you're right. I suppose it's a cheap mechanic for them to, to put in because they just need some animation of the robot wandering off and then a timer and then give you some likes at the end. There, there must be some model to determine the amount of cargo damage and stuff based on like what roads you have and the difficulty of the route and stuff. But yeah, I don't think you ever see the robots just out in the real world, for example. You just set them off and then you get some likes later on. I mean, I stopped doing it after a while. I was just like, I was just like, I just, I just didn't bother setting off the robots anymore. Boss fights. I only did the one boss fight. I watched the other ones. So that's, you did the squid boss fight. I think it's yeah. the, right? That's the first. Yeah, that's right. The first time you encounter Higgs. Well, technically the second time you encounter him, I guess. The, f- the first time he summons a BT to fight you. Yeah. And then there's several more of those. Also, if you actually get caught by BTs, you have to do a boss fight. Like or, you or, will have to fight one of those squids or one of those lions. Or you can run away. Yeah, you can just run away. You don't have to defeat the BT, it's true. What did you think about them? I think they're incredible. They do look cool. Like, they are great set-piece moments. I think I probably didn't run away enough. For, for example, there's the one at Mama's lab where you are meant to take Mama to see Lochner, and you're carrying Mama on your back. And Higgs appears and summons like a big lion, like a golden faceplate. And I think Mama says, wow, we need to run. Or Higgs, someone tells you to run, but I didn't pick up on that. And instead I just stood there and like shot it in the face. I had like, I literally did the boss fight battle with like Mama on my back. And it's kind of, you can see Mama's cargo damage. I think she was like 70% damaged because I got stomped on by this giant BT line. But I then I did beat it. And then I managed to deliver Mama to Lochner, and then she died. And I was like, oh, uh, did I do this right? <laughs> and, and I actually checked her player's card. She always dies. So it's, it's not because I let her get stomped on by a lion. Yeah, the good set piece moments. I also like how the world like has changed. Like After you defeat the BT, you get the, the giant rainbow halo and the rain stops. I think it also happens if someone else does that and you're like strand linked to them because there's a bit of the world up in the mountains where there's like all these like twisted concrete girders is like the ruins of a city or something. And there were always BTs there. So I never really bothered exploring it. But one time I went near there and there was just like a rainbow out and the sun was shining and I could just wander around and look at it at my leisure because I think someone else, you know, got, got caught by a BT there, had to fight a boss BT and beat it. And it just cleared out the BTs for me as well for a few minutes. So that was nice. Okay, and then the other kind of boss fight, I suppose, then, 
with Cliff. Did you get to any of these? These I didn't get to. This feels like more Kojima madness, but there's three points in the game where you were transported to like an alternate universe. I guess technically it's a beach and there's World War One, World War Two, and the Vietnam War and you have to fight Cliff in each. Like the production value, you know, they, they literally had to make like three distinct like war settings with their own unique like graphics and everything and vfx you know i guess this is why the game cost a hundred million dollars plus to make it's very impressive the, the actual boss fights are kind of meh they just like see the enemy you shoot it in the face a lot but the settings were really cool talk about the story or the characters and the story is hard here there's there's so much to say it's actually i I tried to summarize the story and i realized i mostly just wrote about the characters and there's like there's like the overall story and then each of the individual like major characters have their own story within it and i mean we could talk for like an hour about just that and still not be done like i feel like you could have I mean, we could have done like a five-part series on death stranding i feel like it's still not been done like the game again it's just really weird that the second half or the second two-thirds or whatever it is you know this part of the game was just so dense it feels because last time it was like this big slog you know you're walking around there's rain it's just all terrible and like you don't know what's going on you're being drip fed this tiny amount of information by these crazy characters who are just presented with no no context and then by the end like it just it just like accelerates it's just like this you know it's like exponential growth kind of thing you know it's it's growing by like one or two percent but it just like never stops and then like one or two percent of like a billion is a very large amount right so Towards the end, the story beats are just coming like bang, 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 bang. They're just coming so fast and they're just like so huge. And like the twists for each character are just massive and you just like can't take it all in. So there's actually just so much to cover. And I've just wasted a load of time by talking about how much there is to cover. So you could hype it up. Yeah, I guess let's just pick out the bits that we thought were particularly interesting and then maybe you know we'll link another couple of story synopses that you can also look if you want literally a more coherent scripted story explanation or if you need a refresher which i kind of did as well so i mean the overall story is obviously of the death stranding and 
there's the concept of this thing called an extinction entity. And an extinction entity causes a mass extinction of which the Death Stranding is like part just is just part of that, or is like the precursor to it, I guess. And yeah, also kind of implied that this is gonna be like the last extinction. There's gonna be the last stranding, and it's just gonna wipe out everything. So the extinction entity is Amelie. Or is it Bridget? Because they're both the same person. Bridget and Amelie are the same person. Bridget is the heart or body. Amelie is the car or the soul. But they are the same entity. So that's crazy twist number one, right? Because you know we're saying like, what's going on with Amelie? There's clearly something funny going on with Amelie. So it turns out it's because she's Bridget. So she's your sister and your mother. You know, like what? She was never really your sister. Like Bridget and Amelie were the same person. It's just that because Amelie is on the beach, she doesn't age. So her appearance just diverged from Bridget because Bridget obviously did age out in the real world. And yeah, The Last Stranding is just total sci-fi nonsense, even from the standing of someone who actually likes sci-fi. You know, Amelie is going to connect everyone's beaches together and through the seam will escape all of the dead into the world of the living and BT's antimatter explosion of everything. How how do you create this? Uh, these WTF moments? Do you work backwards? Like, do you create the WTF moment and build a narrative around it or do you build a narrative and get to the WTF moment? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Drugs. I can only assume <laughs> drugs. Because how, how do you be this creative? How how do you get to the point where you think this is a good idea? And yet here we all are lapping it up. We're literally doing a podcast on it. We're wasting hours of our finite lives. Well, maybe yours. Uh, doing <laughs> Listening like, to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, acid. Do you think acid? Mushrooms? I need, I need to get some. Anyway, twist number two. You, as in Sam Porter Bridges, RBB. This is what I'm saying. RBB, ABB, the BB, who, what B? <laughs> okay, so at the risk of going off the deep end, there are a lot of BBs. There are a lot of BBs. The BB that you, as Sam, are carrying on your chest is BB28. I don't know if they're numbered in ascending order, and that means there's 27 others and maybe more beyond 28, but certainly the one you're carrying is called BB28. You do later find out that all of the not cities, the chiral network in the not city is connected via a BB. So BBs are like the routers of the chiral network. So literally there's a BB in each not city just being like a routing point for the chiral network. And when you extend the chiral network all the way to edge not city, like when you get to the edge not city distribution center, you're given a mission to insert the network key to complete the chiral network and when you get given the network key it's very obviously a bb pod but it's like you know it's like blacked out so you can't see the baby inside but it's very obviously a bb pod in like a carrying frame so they use bbs not just for porters to detect bts but also to actually power the chiral network and yeah part of like the deep lore of the game is like the Death Stranding and the Void Outs and stuff were initiated by these BB experiments. 
because BBs are the things that were connecting the worlds of the living and the dead. And it's kind of implied that, yeah, you were the first BB. So Cliff is your father. And whenever you were connecting to BB and seeing those flashback visions, it's very strongly insinuated at the time that you're seeing BB28's memories. But actually, you're seeing your own memories because Cliff is your father and you are the original BB. And it turns out you are the cause of the Death Stranding because Cliff is trying to escape with you because he doesn't want you to be taken away and become like the router for the chiral network. You know, he he wants to raise you because you're his son. And as he's trying to escape with you, he gets cornered back into the room and takes you out of the pod and die hard man who is actually called john so this is like this is all like completely crazy as i recite this is told to shoot you but can't do it because cliff was his commanding officer in the army and got him out of you know got him back alive many times and bridget puts her hand on the gun and pulls the trigger twice killing cliff and killing you as bb and then amelie on the beach brings you back she brings you back from the world of the dead to the world of the living which makes you a repatriate so that's why you can't die that's why you can return from the seam and also that connection in bringing you back is what let bts into the world so you being brought back that's the beginning of the death stranding that's how bts get into the world and start causing void outs and all these other things Okay, the first Death Stranding. Yeah, so you returning from the world of the dead to the living, Amelie doing that for you because of Bridget's guilt in shooting you, or Bridget, Amelie, because they're the same person, that establishes the connection that allows BTs to return from the world of the dead to the world of the living, and that's why bodies start necrotizing and causing void outs. This is like a WTF moment for me. This is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy acid trip madness. And then we haven't even got to I mean yeah yeah, this is all like at the end. This is all this is all at the end it's revealed, all this stuff that happened in the distant past. I mean, the events of the game, you're trying to rescue Amelie from Higgs, right? So Higgs is presented as this kind of weird superpowered entity you can just teleport around and control BTs. And you eventually learn that Higgs is a nobody. Higgs is like a patsy, right? Because he's the main Higgs, villain, isn't he? From yeah, he's presented the as the main villain, but he's not. You know, he's got like the weird tattoos in his face and he's like going around licking people and freaky stuff. That's but, how you know it's a Kojima game, when there's licking of people's faces. There's <laughs> Kojima's fetish on display. He's, that's how you know you're really in with Kojima when he he, he comes up to you and just licks your face to say hi. <laughs> uh, at least that's that's what I imagine. I mean, we're not on face licking terms yet. But yeah, Higgs has a very weak level of dooms. He can also kind of sense BTs and that's about it. In fact, it's kind of, I think it hints that Higgs can only sense BTs after he's killed someone. That's like, like that's the source of his powers. He kills someone and then he can, and after that he can see BTs. It's like, this is like revealed in his tragic backstory where he, you know, he kills his uncle. Anyway, whatever. The key thing is 
Higgs gets all his wild powers from Amelie. So Higgs encounters Amelie because Higgs is working with Fragile at the time. Because Fragile has all these cool, crazy powers. Like Fragile can teleport. Like Fragile is one of the strongest Dooms users that you actually encounter, really. But compared to Amelie, Fragile's powers are nothing because Amelie is the extinction entity and Amelie can do pretty much anything. And Amelie, Amelie convinces Higgs that, yeah, everyone's going to be made extinct anyway, so let's, let's just move up the timetable. What's the point of dragging it out? And Higgs becomes like her avatar, I guess. You know, she, he's the one who publicly is trying to advance this agenda of making everyone extinct, making the world, you know, causing the mass extinction. And in his BB pod is not a BB inside the BB pod for him is actually a doll like this weird freaky doll you see them a few times during the game and like that doll is like a symbol of like the pact between him and Amelie and like that's the connection that gives him the powers and all the stuff he's doing like teleporting and summoning BTs and controlling them really Amelie is doing it or Amelie you know he's borrowing Amelie's powers and Amelie was never trapped in Edgenot City to begin with, and Amelie was certainly not being held captive by Higgs. Amelie is the real bad guy all along. But you defeat her with a hug, not a bullet. Like, the only way to end the game is to go up and hug her, to avert the last stranding. And then you, you literally get, like, two hours of exposition while you walk around on a beach. Like, I slept at, like, three in the morning, when I finished this game because it was like 11 p.m. and I knew I was on the last mission and I thought okay I'm just going to do the last mission and finish it and I really should have known better because it's a Kojima game because it took me pretty much an hour to do the last mission and then there were just hours and hours and hours of either cutscenes or walking around on a beach and getting exposition so I slept at like three something a.m. What ex- exposition do you get on the beach? I mean this two hours of exposition. So, so you 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 know, you do all the fights and, and the stuff and you get to Amelie's beach and she says, like, let me tell you what's going on. And then there's like a fade to black and it comes back in again. And then you have to do the hug and, and whatever. And then you wind up on your own beach. And while you're on your own beach, there are like credits scrolling. And every now and then the credits stop. And then there's like a vision of, you talking to Amelie and this is obviously like what happened during that brief like time skip blackout on her beach where she's telling you you know like oh I'm Bridget's soul and Bridget you know Bridget's body is is Bridget and my name is Amelie because it's like Ame lie Ame is soul in French and you know there's a whole explanation going into great detail and talking about like Bridget had ovarian cancer and, you know, once she was on her deathbed, her soul became separate from her body. And that's how I came into existence on the beach. And, you know, literally this. So there's like a few minutes of credits and then a few minutes of this, and then a few minutes of credits and a few minutes again of, you know, explanation. So after the acid trip, Kojima realized there were gaps in his narrative. So he started just like filling all the gaps, all the leaks. Two hour gap filling, <laughs> two hour grouting between the tiles. <laughs> Yeah, so and that's when you learn all the details. All the details. Actually, all the details. Actually, there's so many. The, the last few hours of the game are just brain-melting amounts of info dump. 
and extreme amounts of difficult gameplay. And yeah, so that's why the whole thing with Die Hard Man, who's got what what kind of name is Die Hard Man? You know, he's really just John. I mean, maybe if my name was John, I'd also call myself oh, it's John Die Hard McLean. Man. Like you said, it's Die Hard Man. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh my God. <laughs> OMG. What? Jeez. You used to, like, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take the credit for this because you told me this. You kind of got me here. Wow, but we, I hadn't thought of that. If, if if I look it up, it turns out his surname is McLean. That's gonna be hilarious. I don't I don't think it is, but that would be incredible. That, that's too on the nose though, surely, even for Kojima. Yeah, and the, the mask that Die Hard Man is wearing was actually Bridget's mask. So weirdly, in the flashback scenes with Cliff and everything, Bridget as the president is wearing the weird carbon fiber mask. And I don't think there's any explanation for why she's wearing that mask. It's just, it was her mask. And then John takes the fall for killing Cliff and BB and they kind of make it sound like he died. And then obviously he lives on as die hard man, dead man, dead man is literally a dead man that this is one of the things that i found really bizarre because you, you know you meet dead man and he says he's like he's well acquainted with the dead uh, he's just like a really weird character and then they just at some point just drop it on you oh yeah he's like an artificial human he was just grown from stem cells and then some of the organs didn't work so they replaced them with like organs harvested from cadavers it's just like what and then it says he doesn't have a beach because he's an artificial human he was never born it's like, well, this is weird. But that kind of explains why he is so weird. There's also the... Have you seen the great scene where you're in the shower with Dead Man? Yeah. Dead Man just gets in the shower fully clothed. And you're like, what do I do now? And the only thing you can do in like the private room at that point is just like use the shower. And he just get in the shower with Dead Man. <laughs> and he has this... He again just gives you all this exposition while in the shower. All these names are so on the nose. Mama is called Mama because she's a mother. She's got a ghost baby. I mean, I kind of saw that coming. She dies due to a terrorist attack while pregnant. And her baby is born, but as a BT. It's, it's kind of sad. It is, it's, like, it's very sad. But also really weird. And so she can't leave the lab because the baby can't leave the spot where it died, I guess. And then even weirder, there's Lochner. I don't, I don't have much exposure to Lochner, if I'm honest. I, I think Mama and Lochner are meant to be the same person. I think it says they're conjoined twins and they were separated. So they're kind of the same person or they share the same beach or something. So when you finally bring Mama to Lochner for that mission Mama dies and it's kind of then revealed that Mama was never really alive in the first place like Mama also died in that accident like her heart wasn't beating kind of thing but she was still like animate and moving around and she was also kind of between the worlds of the living and the dead and then when she dies I think Mama's got brown eyes and Lochner's got blue eyes and then there's this weird, creepy scene where like Lochner's like hugging her face, and when she opens her eyes, she's got one brown eye and one blue eye, and it just looks really creepy. It's meant to be a, it's meant to be a sentimental moment, though. Yeah, but it's just it's just kind of uncanny valley. 
there's there's something wrong about it. It's like very hard to put your finger on what's wrong about it because it's 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 wrong in such a small way. But that small amount of wrongness just makes it creepy, at least okay. to me. I wonder if it's intentional. It, it might be. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to tell with this game. It's just so whack. Uh, and since we're just like rattling through, I guess all the major characters. You got Heartman, who get <laughs> his his heart is shaped like a heart, and he lives next to a giant heart shaped lake. It's just all the characters' names are just so on the nose, right? What what would your Death Stranding name be? I don't know. Tide Man. No Conservatory no, Man. You're Tide Man. What am I talking about? I'm Tired Man. You're right. I'd be Tired Man. <laughs> I'd be Tired Man. And my, my house would look like a giant bed. Uh, so Heart Man dies for three minutes every 21 minutes because of a heart defect. And he's wearing a defibrillator that, that brings him back after the three minutes each time. And when you meet him, he tells you he's died and gone to the beach to search for his family 218,549 times. This is a great character. I think this would make a great game. Is that a great game? A <laughs> great game. What, what, what makes it great? Well, I mean, you could, it's, a, it's a time loop. Oh, it's a time <laughs> loop. You, you, sold. Sold. I agree. And that's I, I did really enjoy that, like walking to Hartman's lab. It is, it is a really cool setting. You know, you maybe you've got, you maybe you're onto something there. Maybe I should just take some acid and then spin this out into a whole game. It'll be a Kojima endorsed game. You'll get the sales, even if it's super janky. Yeah, that's that's the dream. That's how you do it. You you tell him you propose to him your idea for the Hartman game. He'll lick your face, and you've got a deal. That's the deal, yeah. I, I just, sorry, this is this is like a tangent now, but I, I actually think it could be really good because, you know, time passes differently on the beach, right? So you've got your 21 minutes in real space. You've got the three minutes when you're dead, but that could be like ages in weird beach time. And then when you come back, Whoever you were interacting with before you died thinks only three minutes have passed. But obviously for you, it's been way longer. And so it'll be really funny because they'll obviously just pick up the conversation and you'll be like, uh, what? You know, I think, it, I think it could actually be really interesting. It could be, yeah. Though difficult to add more to this world. Well, we'll get to that. Okay, finishing it up. Who's left? Fragile? I guess she's the first one you actually meet, really. She's got superpowers. She can literally teleport around through her own beach. So she's got she's got much higher level of dooms, whatever that means, than you. And the secret that's eventually revealed is that her body is really old because to save a city from being nuked, Higgs forces her to run through Timefall and he gives her like a hood to cover her face but the rest of her is uncovered and so she has to just she has the choice of either saving herself by teleporting away or saving the city by running with this nuke through the Timefall to dispose of it and she chooses to save the city but as a result her body's exposed to a lot of Timefall so her body's like 
all old and wrinkly. Okay, so she can't teleport with a nuke. Yeah, they they say that probably for mostly for gameplay reasons as well. When you teleport with Fragile, you don't take anything with you except BB. Okay. So all your equipment is kind of left behind and thus it's implied that she couldn't teleport with the nuke. Okay. Either that you or don't... she's just really stupid, but I assume she's not. No, you don't need to justify it. I'm not testing you. <laughs> I mean, it is a bit weird what she can and can't teleport with because she does later on teleport with BB. But I guess she's done doing that earlier with you. But she makes a special point of saying she visualized BB as equipment. But couldn't she have done that with the nuke? I don't know. Maybe she got better with it as time went on anyway. Finally then, I guess. BB. BB28. Because you're BB. You start calling BB Lou, you know, randomly towards the mid end of the game. And I was really confused. I was like, wait, when did when did you find out BB's name? Was it in a flashback that I just didn't notice? But it's actually just something Sam does. As Sam becomes more connected to BB and starts thinking of BB less as a piece of equipment and more as like a as a baby. Sam starts calling BB Lou. And it turns out that's because of Sam's tragic backstory. Sam's other tragic backstory beyond being the original BB and getting shot as a baby. You know, there's you know he's carrying that around that picture of him and his his wife on their wedding day with Bridget in the background. And his wife was Lucy and she was pregnant with their child who they intended to call Lou. And then his wife dies in a tragic accident and there's a void out. Actually, I say a tragic accident. It's, I think it's implied that she committed suicide. It's all a bit... I don't really follow this part of the backstory terribly well either. But his wife dies, there's a void out, so she dies, the baby dies. But they intended to call their kid Lou. And so you start calling BB28 Lou. And at the very, very end end of the game, you're meant to incinerate Lou because Lou as the BB is broken. But instead, you break Lou out of the pod and maybe Amelie also brings Lou back to life because Lou is seen clutching the uh, key power, I think it's called, you know, the little braided golden brooch thing and is alive. And then it's revealed that Lou is really Louise and the happily ever after is that Sam stops being a porter and just raises louise as his daughter the end wow 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 <laughs> i didn't know wow. any of this that bit i just wow. didn't know it's what you say when you have nothing to say yeah i didn't even know that bit actually yeah that's that's actually news to me this happens in the last three hours is that right no that's not Th- true that, this is what happens at the very end of the game so yeah. there's like an epilogue after you've been on the beach and you've seen all the credits then you get actually can't you I can't remember the order in which things happen. There's basically some like final final scene where you're given one last order after the presidential inauguration where Die Hard Man becomes the president of the UCA and Dead Man hands you BB's pod and says, oh, your your last order is to incinerate this piece of defective equipment. But hint hint, I'm gonna remove your cuffs and it's against UCA rules to take a BB out of the pod, but, you know, no one's tracking you because your cuffs are disabled. Wow. There you go. 
Let's transition straight. <laughs> wow, wow again. Let's let's just transition straight into other memorable moments. Final stats. How long, you know, how long did I play? How how long did I spend playing this train wreck? I say train wreck. Call it this... that. You don't think it's a train wreck. <laughs> it, I don't really, but and yet that's the first word that came to mind. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, forty-five hours, but I think my Steam playtime is sixty something. So either I died a lot, or was at menus a lot, or maybe it doesn't count cutscenes, and there's just fifteen hours of cutscenes. Which is also quite plausible, to be honest. I don't know. I'll put my stats on the blog. I'll put a link to them. What about you? Hmm. It says I played 15 hours, but it felt like I played much longer than that as well. Maybe it really is cutscenes. Maybe there are just like five hours of cutscenes as well that you went through. It's just not tracked in this. And then, yeah, so during that time, there are, I mean, there really are a lot of memorable moments. Actually, one thing I thought was funny, it, it tracks the number of times you tumbled. And in my stats, it says I only tumbled twice, which I think are the two times I mentioned in the previous podcast episode, one where I was trying to surf on the floating carrier and one where I just jumped into that ravine. I think those are the only two times I completely like toppled over. So that's tracked in my stats in my entire playthrough. Those are the only two times I completely, you know, slipped. Maybe maybe it's because after that I got the exoskeleton and then I was just invincible. And fourth wall breaking moments, another really funny one is you you know there's these data chips, like memory chips. Yep. And and on one of them there is the design for a trike called like the ride type trike. And if you build one of these ride trikes and ride on it. Sam is like total self-advertising. He's going, this should be on an episode of Ride with Norman Reedus. F*** yeah. Or like, F*** yeah, I feel so f***ing cool right now. I feel like Ride with Norman Reedus is happening right now. Because, of course, Sam is actually portrayed by Norman Reedus. So I guess he's just advertising his motorcycle show. Uh, it is a cool trike. I think it's got like extended carrying capacity and range and energy shields or something. So, you know, it is a cool trike. I wanted to just bring back all the gameplay changes, all the equipment you get that changes the mechanics of the game is also like a memorable moment. Because there's a, there's a bowler gun that lets, that takes out BTs as well. Like you said, assault rifle that takes out BTs as well. That's, you know, that blows your mind. Why didn't I get this yeah. sooner? Well, obviously, there's a reason for that, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it, 
I mean, the other thing is there are mechanics we didn't even talk about, actually, because I realized there's like a sticky gun. There's like some sort of grappling hook sticky gun as well that you can use to like to pick up cargo from the ground or like snatch cargo from mules, I think. Like there is loads of stuff in this game and yeah, it, it just never stops. So you're right. I mean, that, I think that's what makes this game so hard to summarize because it never stops changing because i think like my initial notes for this i I was writing notes as i went along and it was like it was insane it was like ten thousand words of just like pure nonsense where it was like i got a new type of gun and now it does this or like screw roads i've got zip lines now you know it just it just never ends and yeah there are a lot of memorable moments so long as you stick with it and okay and then some of the there's actually there's a whole sequence of missions i guess that are memorable purely because they take all of like the power building that you've done and just like dump it on the floor you know you're like oh yeah i've got all this road network and and this trike now and they're just like yeah uh about that this pizza is too fragile to be carried on a vehicle you know so you need to you need to put it on your back and then you build the entire zipline network and it's like psych now i can just fly from place to place without a vehicle and they're like yeah so about that for this delivery uh here's some champagne and it's so fragile you have to carry it in your hand so no ziplines for you and i was totally gobsmacked when i got this mission because like i knew i had the mission to deliver a pizza from the Timefall farm to, again, like basically from the extreme south of the map to the north of the map, which is where the pizza guy's hut is. The pizza hut. And the... Good, good. That was good. I have to <laughs> verbally... You have to acknowledge, acknowledge that one. Thanks. And so my zipline network didn't actually go as far as the Timefall farm. So... I spent a while extending my zipline network all the way there. And there's also a load of mules there. So I had to take out all the mules in order to be able to build the ziplines there. In fact, I also ran out of chiral bandwidth. So I had to dismantle some other things in order to be able to get the ziplines all the way there. And then when I got there, went in the shelter, picked up the mission, they were like, oh, and here's the champagne, carry it by hand. And then I was like, wait, does this mean I can't use a zipline? And I went up to the zipline and I discovered... I can't use the zipline while carrying the champagne by hand. And so I literally had to walk the entire length of the map and there was no point building the ziplines all the way there. I mean, it was lucky in a way because I had taken out all the mules in order to build the ziplines, which meant that at least I could just walk straight through mule territory. So at least I did that. But yeah, ridiculous. That's just a troll mission. It is, it is, well, that's the, it literally is a troll mission because you eventually discover that the pizza guy is actually Higgs. So no wonder he's giving you such bullshit missions trying to get you killed, you know, because it's Higgs. He really is trying to get you killed. The last pizza mission, you, you get an email from Peter Engler, like right at the end of the game. I think after you've defeated Higgs, it's like a dead man switch or something. And he and he's like, oh, thanks so much for delivering all these pizzas. You know, if I have one regret, it's that one mission you didn't complete for me where I gave you that nuke and you dumped it in the lake. And you're like, wait a minute. It's like, all will be revealed when you deliver my final pizza. Please, like, go up to this mountaintop to pick it up. And again, it's like this ridiculous trek to this tiny hut on the top of a mountain that you had to collect a pizza from and bring it all the way to his hut. 
But luckily, I'd actually built a zip line there preemptively. So I just zipped up and zipped down again. And then, yeah, you deliver the pizza and the door of the shelter opens. And it's just like, you know, like one of those insane, like murder mystery things where the guy's got all the red string on the wall and all the photos. So you go in the hut and there's like, there's like an Egyptian funeral mask, you know, like Tutankhamun's mask thing. Because like Higgs has got a lot of like Egyptian stuff around him as well, I guess. And then all these pictures of like you with like red string and like saying like, game over, man, sand border bridges, game over, man, kind of thing. Like, you know, he's been tracking you and plotting your demise. So that was kind of cool. Actually, since I mentioned it, the mission where Higgs gives you the nuke, that's kind of funny too. You, you take on this mission and you collect the cargo from, you know, it comes out the cargo station and then this guy comes up to you wearing like a bridges hat and he's like oh there was a problem with the cargo manifest uh take this one too and he just gives you the small package and there's just something kind of sus about the package and it's beeping and if you take it to fragile she opens it and she's like this is a bomb this is a nuclear bomb <laughs> you know it's like this is like this is just what happened to me last time <laughs> And you have to take this bomb and throw it into like a void out crater lake. If you take it into the city, it blows up the city and it's game over. I don't know why Higgs is so why what why Higgs is so sensitive about his appearance. Is he sensitive about his appearance? I don't know. Is he? Why does he wear the mask? Doesn't he have some monologue when he talks to Fragile and why he covers her face? I don't know either. I mean, he does. He wears two masks doesn't he he's got like a black mask and the gold mask on top of it and then when you eventually see his face yeah he's got this weird stuff tattooed on his forehead and eyeshadow or mascara he's wearing a lot of mascara i think that's not he looks very young he's got a very youthful face but he doesn't have a villain's face that's what that's why he wears the mask it's not very intimidating he's just like, no one's gonna take me seriously with this baby face let's wear the cool gold skull mask i'll buy that there's a cool bit near the end where you have to deliberately let yourself be grabbed by BTs. I thought that was quite interesting from a like mechanics and game design point of view. Yep, that was a cool bit. You, you need the structures to get across the tar belt. Yeah, because when you get caught by BTs, like the whole world goes kind of weird. It's like this weird quantum entanglement nonsense and like buildings from alternate universes start like floating up through the tar and... Yeah, you need to use those to cross the tar. I thought that was quite clever. There's also the last battle with Higgs, which I think he actually says, like, there's so many video game references in the battle, actually. He's just like, oh, this is it, the final boss, Strand versus Gun. And you're like, you're like, what? And then literally, he's got a gun <laughs> and you've got nothing. You've got like your Strand, like, you've got. You're stranded as in like a bundle of rope and you have to fight him when he can teleport with a gun and you have a rope. But he's a really bad shot, fortunately. I mean, yeah, he's an NPC at the end of the day. So yeah, it's still stacked against him and you win. There's also random cargo on the ground and you can just like throw it into his face, which is much more effective. And then there's a punch out cell battle where it's like, you know, it's got fighting game energy bars and you just like punch him in the face in slow motion. That was very cool. The slow-mo was really weird. It's like dramatic. It's like the Mortal Kombat 10, 11, whatever, like X-ray punches or something. 
And then, oh yeah, another weird. This is where the game starts to really go off the rails, actually, because like, you know, as weird as it is, you still kind of feel like it makes sense within its own narrative up until you rescue Amelie. And then after you rescue Amelie and you discover she didn't really need to be rescued at all. And Sam is just like, so what? I'm Mario and you're Princess Peach. You know, like you just strung me along so I'd finish the Chiral Network for you. And then she's like, yeah, maybe. And then you run back, you know, to the east along her beach. And she's like, like Mario and Princess Beach. Ha ha ha. And it's just weird and uncanny valley again. It just looks so wrong. Like the way Sam's expression, it just looks like a Team Fortress 2 character or something. It's just like contorted weirdly as he's like running on the beach and smiling with Amelie. I don't know. That whole scene just seemed really, it was memorable for the wrong reasons. And I guess finally ish, the final mission, the final like normal gameplay mission where you have to deliver crypto biotes to Fragile. Why is she eating so many? I mean, this is why you have to look. Because she's rushed around hell. Because she's just eating them all the time. Yeah, she's just like chugging them by the handful, scarfing them down. I think I think they're saying it's because her body's really old because of the time fall. She needs Makes them. Makes sense, yeah. And she's really tired because she was just teleporting everyone. But the, the, th- the other crazy thing is like, you've got loads of crypto biotes on you because you can just eat them yourself, right? So it doesn't matter, like, I had like, you know, hundreds of crypto biotes maybe, but I still had to carry this like weird container of crypto biotes for fragile. And it was like, hey, this container is really fragile and don't get it wet. And then you basically just have to, it's the first map of the game, actually. You know, it's like, it's not the map that you're playing most of the game in, which is like the central region. It's, it's the eastern region, which is like the tutorial phase of the game, I guess. But all the structures are gone. And it's permanently raining and there's BTs everywhere, you know. And so it was just, it was like really offensively difficult, you know, like you step outside and number one, you can't fabricate anything because the chiral network is down. Number two, you can't restore BB's sanity, mood, stress level, whatever, because the chiral network's down. So the connection to the still mother is also broken. So it's like you're on your own. Basically, like, whatever state your stuff was in before you started this mission, that's it. This is all you've got to work with. And, like, so I did not have, like, everything I could have done with. You know, like, several more rocket launchers or machine guns. And then, yeah, just good luck. Just get from one end of the map to the other while it's covered in BTs. And even if you don't get caught by BTs, there are just random BT boss fights that just spontaneously happen. So I was trekking my way along and I thought I was doing quite well and I had to fight a squid, like a giant BT squid, and I managed to defeat it. I probably should have just run away, but I fought it and won. I was like, yeah, I'm a badass. But that used up quite a lot of my resources. And then I tried to take this safe route, avoiding like this river and stuff and going up by this incinerator. And instead I had to fight four lions, you know, like the BT boss fight lions. So when I had Mama on my back and I got stomped that was just fighting one of them and there were four of them at the same time at the same four simultaneously yeah like that was actually taking the piss like i was i was actually like you know pause the game push away from the desk and was like are you serious uh, that was ridiculous and so i actually did run away from that one 
which was difficult because there were four of them. I was like running and gunning and trying to keep them off me and escaping to the edge of the tar pit. So I got away, severely depleted resources-wise, finally get to the final city. And as you walk in the door, oh, no, here's the actual boss fight. And like a giant BT space whale appears and it's just like shooting golden BTs at you and bursting out of the ground and generally terrible. So I did eventually beat it. I think my cargo had 69% damage. I mean, it luckily still counted as me completing the mission. But, you know, I'm kind of surprised because it said cargo less than 50% damage. And it still gave me some points, but I definitely had more than 50% damage on that cargo. Yeah, I, I really feel like that last mission was a total piss take. Like It was so hard compared to everything else that came before it. Just, just because you've got nothing. And you have nothing to mitigate the extreme difficulty either. And then that's it. After that, it's just cutscenes. Either cutscenes where you sit and watch or cutscenes where you walk around between exposition. Mm, well done on that last mission. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like to play it again, but at the same time, no. <laughs> So, summing up, how do we feel about Death Stranding? It's a really good game. I think the pacing is a bit wonky, and I think that's what got me off the game, and I came back to it. And now I'm on that upward curve, but now, but now we're here. But now it's over, Ting. You've missed your chance. I mean, you haven't really, but you're off the hook as well. Yeah, I mean... I enjoyed it too, surprisingly so. I mean, I think I said I didn't expect to enjoy it this much last time, but I did. And that's still the case now. I I weirdly really enjoyed it. It was, <laughs> it was certainly an experience. The, the pacing, yeah, very odd. Like the middle was very slow, but maybe that was deliberate. I don't know. It, it was it was certainly very odd to the extent that makes me wonder if it was deliberate. But I did actually really enjoy that middle part where all I did was just build roads and a zipline network. Like it was actually really fun. And I did get this sense of like mastery and, you know, power building from being able to just, you know, take on a mission and drive straight there or take on a mission and zip straight there. You know, like that's what made me feel like, oh yeah, I've changed the world, you know? And, and I think that was kind of what the game was meant to be about. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's necessary. It's like rebuilding civilization, right? 
And also, maybe it's just because the game never stopped. Like, it, it was slow, but it was still always giving you new things all the time. That, that, that's why it was really odd, like this feeling of like compounding growth, you know. Like, the rate of growth was just constant, which is what seemed really unusual. And then by the end, yeah, it, the, the last part of the game was literally like, wow, that escalated quickly. Like the amount of storyline and the amount of like weapon power it gives you just really. Maybe that's just when you cross that critical point, you know, I mean, I know with exponential growth, there isn't a critical point, but, you know, perceptually where it becomes really obvious to you, this isn't a linear thing anymore. Here's a rocket launcher. But it also happens with the story as well. Yeah. The amount they dump on you at the end and the story is stupid i'm sorry i'm just like i just I would, don't know i would to... i would say entertaining very entertaining I, I don't know how i'm supposed to feel about it it's like i i'm just there's those two massive twists right like bridget and amelie are the same person and the extinction entity and then you are bb and then it's kind of like you are the cause of the death stranding is is it good? Is it bad? Maybe it's just too much for me to take. Maybe my brain is just overloaded. But he's built a narrative that's consistent. I guess it is consistent within its own rules. Just the rules are so bonkers that it's hard <laughs> to tell if... It's like when when the rules are so mad, it's hard to tell if the rules are consistent within themselves. You see what I mean? Yeah, I know. Because you can be consistent. It's, like, it's like if you have a universe where yes. 2 plus 2 equals 5, that's fine. But if sometimes 2 plus 2 equals 7 or 2 plus 2 equals 9 as well, it's just like, wait, is this consistent? Or is this just, you're saying that the rules are that there are no rules. I mean, it's not as bad as that, but, you know. We had a section that covered characters over story. I think that's what pulls it through. The characters. Yeah, that's, oh man, it's the thing, I... It's it's like nonsense, but it's also so compelling. And even though the characters are so on the nose, I did really like. Them. I actually really liked Dead Man by the end. Even like Dead Man and Heart Man, Fragile, obviously. Like they're all really cool characters, and the world is actually really interesting. Even though it's very hard for it to be self consistent because it's so wacky, but it's a really interesting world that they spend so much time building, and yet. I can't see how there could be a Death Stranding 2. Maybe it's just my lack of imagination. Maybe I just need to take more acid or mushrooms. But I can't see how you could make another Death Stranding game. Well, because it's, it's not the final Death Stranding, right? Or well, they're, you know, the whole, or they're just delaying the, this one, right? So they can extend it? Well, no, because I feel like the entire plot of the game is so pivotal around Amelie and Sam. Like Amelie and Sam are so integral to the death stranding and the last stranding and the whole point like the ending of the game is literally amelie cuts herself off on her beach like she tries to sever the connection between it and the world to avert the last stranding and so it's going to happen eventually because it's like an inevitability but it might be hundreds of thousands of years now and it's still to do with her she's still the extinction entity unaging on the beach and then you've got sam like, it was the connection between Sam and Amelie that caused her to avert The Last Stranding, to put it off, you know. So those two characters are kind of out of the picture now. Can you have multiple extin extinction entities? 
Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's the way out. But like the world is so interesting. The characters are so interesting. And yet I personally can't see how you do a Death Stranding 2. Because you're not taking enough as it. Yeah, you're right. I know. I should get I should get on that. And then, yeah, what what is the story trying to tell us? I mean, I know it doesn't have to be telling us anything, but I feel like it is because Kojima. It's what? Extinction is inevitable, changes the way out, the world is dying, I don't know. I made a note that it's cyclical, but actually it's telling us actually it's not cyclical. It was cyclical, but this time it's endgame. This time it's for keeps. Yeah, this time we've got nuclear weapons, well, antimatter bombs, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that Kojima himself said it's kind of too real now as well since the pandemic. Like at Summer Games Fest, he did a little talk and he talked about how his like game design process is about, you know, thinking where the world is going in five, 10, 20 years and, and designing a game around that. And then he said, yeah, for Death Stranding, like kind of the future came too soon. You know, like the real world is a bit too much like the world of Death Stranding now with all the lockdowns and the isolation. And yeah, he he actually said that for his next game, maybe he's going to try and change his design process. So very curious to see what he comes up with next. I think he's he has too much context. He has a writes a satire. <laughs> or a satire of himself. Okay. And then after all that, I mean, if you've listened this far, I'm guessing you've probably played the game already, but is it worth playing? You know, who who was right? You know, is it an 8 out of 10 or is it a 2 out of 5? Whatever Giant Bomb gave it, you know. It's definitely an 8 out of 10. Easily. Yeah, I, I, I think it is a good game. I think it is worth playing. But you weirdly kind of have to be in for the long haul. You know, it, it it's not a game that gives you all the toys and lets you play. You know, the tutorial basically never ends. Maybe another case where it's too real. Here's now a good time to bring up the director's cut. So later this year, there'll be a director's cut. And there's been... I think they. I think their intention is to give you more quality of life, to have more quality of life changes, so that it doesn't feel so much of a slog. I'm hoping that's the case, because they they've talked about improving combat. There's a a cargo gun, so you can fire. That doesn't even make sense. Oh yeah, sense. that that cargo cannon looks so cool. Actually, that does look really cool. It's like here's your crypto biotes, fragile. Boom. <laughs> So there's improved. This is like hot off the press as well. Like the trailer for this came out like yesterday, as far as I can tell, as we're recording this. There's the racetrack, which seems kind of random. And I think they also said they're adding some new story missions. So I guess that will flesh out some characters more, or maybe it will smooth out the crazy escalation at the end of the game a bit. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it'll turn into 80 hours of tutorial instead of 40. But there's like mounted turrets as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that right? I, just, I, don't, I, just, I just don't even know. And there's meant to be Half-Life content. Did you know about this? 
but that's something... yeah yeah i've, I've got I, that's what i was saying I, on pc there's half-life content and there's cyberpunk content so i got those things like i have gordon freeman's glasses for example and these facial tattoos for the hacking and stuff i mean there's a lot in this game and and that's what i mean that's what makes it so weird that it that it escalates so quickly at the end and that also it feels kind of like it's over because by the time you get to the end and there's no more mechanics to be introduced, you know, like the tutorial is finally over. It feels like there's so much potential because the building stuff is really, you, you know, you could make like a city defense game out of it. You could make a, I mean, you've, you've already got the cargo delivery sim out of it. Like there's a whole logistics game you could build out of it. Like there's so much potential to the world and yet, and yet it's over. Yeah. You, you could know? be unoriginal and even build something like a the division. I mean, you really could. Yeah. Or, or imagine imagine a BR mode. <laughs> you, whoever's holding the nuke lines. at the end wins. With zip lines, yeah. You build zip lines into the enemy base. I don't know. It's just like it's oh just like madness. But imagine every it's actually really cool. Yeah, if you had const- you'd had the construction live as part of the the game mode, you saw roads pop up t- 10, 20 minutes into the game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just don't even know what to say. It just it's it's strange. There's definitely something there. There's definitely like something there. You know, there's m- there could be more to this game. So yeah, I, I, I can't believe people gave it a two out of five. I feel like people who gave it a two out of five did not play enough of the game. But then again, is it really acceptable to have a game where the tutorial lasts 40 hours? Probably not as well. It's actually, it's very disrespectful of your time. I don't know. I don't agree necessarily. But let's let's end there. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can disagree. It's funny because you're the one who's got less time, but if you if you're willing to put up with it, then that's fair enough. But you have to dance the the whole dance almost. You can't shortcut it. If you're reviewing a game, I certainly think you should. Yes. Next up. Next up. Next time is your choice. So what have you chosen? Is my choice. There's something that's not story heavy, obviously. So I've chosen Two Point Hospital. Good. Are you, after you've spent so much time talking about Theme Hospital and then this. So good that we're finally going to play it. I mean, I've played it already, but I'll play some more. It's really interesting because Young Ting would have, wouldn't have looked behind the curtains or tried to think about what was going on behind the scenes. Now I'm playing it knowing how things work behind the scenes. Is it a good game, really? Is it just a bunch of cues? It's a game about queuing, really. It's a game about queuing. Mean, if, if it turns out that's the insight we get, then great. Maybe I can make a game about stacks. And then maybe, maybe that can be my claim to fame. Perfect. Uh, are, are any particular goal or just play the game and discuss it? Do we have to get to any particular place? I don't think so. It's more a mechanics discussion. Is it a good game? What's really going on? Okay. Then next time, Two Point Hospital. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. 
mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So Mike, what are you grateful for today? Hey, is it is this the first is this the first time? When where were uh 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 is this your with the second recording in Hong Kong now? It is, isn't it? This is the it? second recording in Hong Kong. Yes. Wow, you mean you've been really back in Hong Kong now? Yeah, I've really been back in Hong Kong now. What have I done? I've got I got vaccinated. Maybe I should be grateful for that. I'm grateful I got the Pfizer shot. Two of them now. I'm immune. I'm immune to everything. Are you licking people's faces? <laughs> I'm not Kojima. <laughs> you, you need your own thing. I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't licked anyone's face. Sorry, sorry to disappoint. Sorry to disappoint. So Michael says bye. Bye bye.